Welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Locker Room Podcast. My name's Tali O'Connor and I'm the host and creator of the show. And wow, 2020, hey? Two months in and um, yeah, I don't know about you, but it's been a, a, a huge year already. I remember seeing all those memes around, going around in January being like, it's January 75 in 2020 because it just felt like it never ended but um i hope wherever you're listening to this that yeah this podcast finds you well and i hope the year has got off to a good start and even if it hasn't felt like a good start i hope there's been a a lot of realizations a lot of learnings a lot of i know a lot of people have had a challenging start to 2020 um but i hope wherever you are right now that uh yeah that, that you're doing well and uh, this episode is the first one back for 2020, so I had a little break from the podcast sort of towards the end of last year and excited to, to kick back into things with weekly episodes with some conversations with some, some good men doing inspiring things. So yeah, the intention for 2020 and beyond is to, to bring you guys uh, weekly episodes and that'll either be conversations with others or, or um, solo drop-ins with myself um, and then some more shorter form podcasts as well. Some feedback that I got last year was some little more bite-sized um, podcasts would be a good thing too. So that's the intention. That's what's going to be coming through for the Conscious Locker Room podcast moving forward. And this week, I am sharing a conversation that I had with a mate of mine, Alex Waters, who is an entrepreneur um, and an all-round good bloke. So um, yeah, it was a really cool conversation and and we dove straight into the deep end with things. But Alex, and he goes on and he shares his story about dropping out of high school and and going straight into the workforce and really starting to pursue the entrepreneurial path from a young age. He's founded two real estate agencies in the Pilbara as well as a company called Workspace Co which is an outsourcing agency in the Philippines that provides online remote staff to businesses around the world so he's also involved in um, property development and investing so yeah he's a real entrepreneur he's really sort of found his uh genius and he shares a bit about that and he shares about his learning journey through the entrepreneurial space um and we, we dive into the deep end pretty much straight away in this conversation and, and alex shares about um navigating the grief involved with his recent separation and he also shares a lot about his self-exploration and development after hitting a really tough spot in his life um where he was achieving a lot of material success but lacking fulfillment and happiness and he he shares about how he went on the uh the journey in in quotation marks he he went on then just exploring things about himself and and the process he actually went on and what he's learned in that process so we spoke about leadership we spoke about business fatherhood um and and one thing we touched on which is was so cool i was really excited to speak to him about this was he's currently on a mission of creating more in-person connection by having a hundred coffees with a hundred strangers in a hundred days um, so he's, I think he's nearly halfway through that challenge. So he touches about on about why um, he decided to do that and what he's learned in the process. So I'll leave it there. I'll um, I'll let you dive into the conversation. So without further ado, this is Alex Waters. Alex, thanks for being here, man. Great to be here. It's um, it's so funny. We've just had a conversation for like three hours, yeah. and now we're like <laughs> pressing records. So I was like, oh hey yeah. man, how are you? But yeah. Yeah, good. Let's just um, 
say everything else we just said exactly yeah. the way we said <laughs> yeah. it, and this will be a good episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm down. Authenticity. Um, yeah, man, it's good to have you down here, taking a few days in the in the southwest. Yeah, beautiful place. Um, had to come down here and just get away, reconnect with myself. And yeah, nice one. Yeah, it's been a busy start to the year. Yeah, it has been, man. 2020 has come in hot. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, full on. Um, yeah, to kick things off, man, I'll ask you the question that I ask everybody, and that's, um, yeah, share with me a challenge that you've overcome that's, and, and then what you've learned from it or, or how it's contributed to, yeah, the man you are today. Mm. Uh, Honestly, I feel like going through my separation yep. last year. Um, so I have a now ten-month-old son, Atlas. Mm. Um, his mother and I were only together for about sixteen months. Uh, we split up when he was about three months old, mm-hmm. and uh, at the same time, I broke my right femur. Um, so when it rains, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it fucking poured. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and you know, in retrospect, the the only way I can describe that period from that like and and the um following six months Mm. is like the universe came put me on my knees Mm. and punched me in the face 20 times and then when i was on the ground stomped on my head so curb stomp american history x (laughs) (laughs) the memory of that don't look that up if you haven't seen that It's, it's horrific um yeah that's honestly what it felt like and uh wow you know, I think to, to summarize it, um, because obviously without going into the exact detail of mm. it, the events alone kind of paint a picture of how challenging that was. Mm. I experienced grief for the first time in my life. Mm. And grief is a really powerful emotion because it's it's one of the deepest expressions of love. Mm. Um you know, it's it's the loss of someone you love. Mm. That's ultimately what it is. And uh, for me, I think it really came at a time where I needed to be able to tap into that level of compassion. Um, grief has, has given me the ability to relate to so many more people, mm. um, be empathetic and, and more naturally compassionate because I think I had a tendency to be naturally more selfish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that came because some of the, the people who I would um, would have previously judged um, in my order of hierarchy in my mind as to how valuable they were or not, some of the people at the lower end of that scale, which doesn't exist anymore, were the people who were there for me the most and were the ones who just accepted me no matter what I was going through and whatever I, I was experiencing at that point in time, um, you know, because I went to some pretty dark places within myself. So, mm. yeah, I think to, to go to that depth of darkness in myself and, and rise out of it um, and have the uh, benefit of experiencing those emotions and that, that level of grief um, mm. has uh, has made me who I am today. I... I Probably since you know we met, I, I feel like I'm a much more grounded mm. human being, much more centered in who I am. Mm. Um, when you're in something that challenging, you have to make two decisions. Uh, w- one decision, you've got two options: one's to let it consume you and you stay there forever, mm. um, or you you rise above it. Yeah, and I think um, if we can choose 
to rise above it all, always will will always come out on top and yeah. keep growing and getting better and becoming a better person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Was there anything that you consciously did navigating that? Because that like would have been just such a, even just physically being incapacitated while yeah. you were going through that. So you couldn't even like I couldn't train drive. or drive yeah. or anything. Yeah. Like, was there anything that you, obviously you mentioned you had a lot of support from, from other people. Was there anything that you were consciously doing to help yeah, nav- navigate that? Like, was there anything like, did you have the awareness, like, okay, I'm in a, a tough spot here. Like, yeah. I'm going to do make sure I'm doing th- these things or like whether that's just feel it or work yeah. through it. Or like, was it, what actually really helped you move through it? Yeah, I mean, the emotions and the pain was so strong, I didn't have a choice not to feel it. Gotcha. Um, in actuality... Uh, at some point, I was aware that I was letting it consume me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was waking up crying. Mm. Uh, I was going to bed crying. Mm. I was breaking down in the middle of my days. Um, and look, I, I think the first thing that I allowed myself to do was the freedom to do whatever I wanted. Um, mm. And some of that was partying. Mm. Some of that was drinking. Um you know, I don't necessarily think any of those things are a bad experience. You know, we, we just spoke about before yeah. that joy can often be a really good healing tool mm. and and it was for me. Mm. Getting out of that zone of, um, you know, just that depth of sadness and into kind of a more happy place and mm. getting away from that for moments was, was actually really healing for me. Yeah. It got to a point maybe eight weeks, ten weeks after where I realized, okay, I've done that one too many times now and that's when I need to shift. And so, you know, I took time off and I went to Bali a couple of times Mm -hmm. in one month and um, went and did some one-on-one breathwork sessions and just spent a lot of time alone, really. Mm. Um, I think the one thing I did really well was just consciously – check in at each moment and and give myself what i felt i needed in that moment without judging the process nice one and that's that's the best thing you can do yeah yeah and what did that look like for you is that just stopping and being like what do i actually want to do today or like what do i need right now like was it as simple as yeah. just checking in with that or did yeah. you have it? yeah yeah what do i need yeah yeah what do i feel like doing how, what, do, what do i need yeah. right now based on how i'm feeling yeah um it felt for a moment that the pain was going to last forever. Gotcha. And until I started allowing myself to really dive into it, process it through things like breath work mm. and then start to let it go bit by bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as I'm talking now, I can still feel it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a gift in itself. I, I appreciate the fact that I can carry that grief around with me. It's not, it's not weighing me down like a backpack. Yeah. But it can be accessed at any moment. I remember the feeling. Um, I remember how I felt at the time. Mm. And um, it, it immediately drops me into a state of compassion yeah. of other people and, and acceptance of myself. Yeah. Mm. And because it's still pretty fresh. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, we're thinking mm. in this society that, like, fast moving, yeah. it's like shit goes down. It's like, cool, what's net? Like, and we don't grieve yeah. typically. We might, oh, we give ourselves permission to be sad for a day, maybe, but typically, grief isn't something that's common. 
yeah. in society that we express it to the extent mm. that maybe is actually there. Yeah. So it's um I was pretty fortunate. I, I had a lot of time off work. Yeah. Um A because of my injury, B because I have flexibility with yeah. the fact that I own a couple of businesses. So I wasn't you know, I'm not sort of typically required to be working at a certain time or yeah. whatever. Um and that that was a huge gift mm. at that time. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. And so what what's exciting you most on that front, your work front at the moment? What are you what what are you up to in the world? Yeah. Uh well, I've just uh entered a JV, a joint venture with a uh, property developer and uh yes. we are about to um develop a number of house and land package sites um in the Pilbara. Yeah. Um for those who don't know me, I own um, or part own uh, a real estate agency in Caratha and a real estate agency in Port Hedland mm. um, and a, a company that um, offers outsourcing in the Philippi- from the Philippines. So, we provide online remote staff from the Philippines to businesses around the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what's what's exciting me most beyond the, the new projects is that I have myself in a position where I'm working with really amazing people and... It's the first time, you know, in the, over the last 12 months, one of my main objectives was to step back operationally mm. and uh, partner with the, the very best people to be running my businesses. Yeah, gotcha. <clears throat> you know, I said this on another podcast uh, the other week, a, a business podcast I was on, that if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're a business owner and you have the ability to or are thinking about um, scaling your business and you're thinking about, oh, I might need someone to to run this aspect of my business, then you're automatically not the best person to be doing that. Gotcha. Yeah, because the best yeah. person to be doing that wouldn't be thinking about employing someone to <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah. So, that thought in itself thought is in the itself. green light to get somebody yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and do you see that? I see that a lot, <clears throat> even just in, in myself, that going from sort of that self-employed, you just running your own show to then having some sort of team seems to be a real sticky spot for a lot of people. Is that what you've seen and witnessed or experienced yourself and then witnessed in business? Yeah, definitely. Um, The way most businesses grow from scratch or from start is that um, stage one, they're just fighting to get some business in the door. Yeah. Stage two, they've got enough that kind of has replaced their income mm. if they were to work a nine-to-five job. Stage three is, oh, fuck, how do I grow from this to more? Yeah. Because <clears throat> if you uh, you automatically have to start to earn more money and then at some point you have to employ people, mm. which uh, reduces your profit... So it's about it's about understanding the different tipping points in your business. Yeah. And what I do now with all my businesses is map out um, our our growth, map out where we're going to need another person okay, yeah. in a in a specific role, and how that affects our profitability at that point. Okay, yeah. And at what point do we come back to the same level of profitability again? Yeah. Um, it gives you real clarity on how many more clients you might need, how many more Mm. sales you might need, um, all those sorts of things. So, for you, you could say, you know, I'm going to put on an assistant at 50 grand a year as an example. Um, You know, therefore, I need another 10 clients uh, this year. But uh, if I only get 10 clients over the next 12 months, 
more um, the period that I don't have all 10 of those clients, there's going to be a lapse of profitability, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you either have to get more of them now and then put the person on and yeah. just struggle for a while. It's just, it's about making that decision and taking risk, which is yeah. a part of all business. Yeah. And being able to delegate as well, like let go of, for me, it's, it always comes up as a control thing. It's yeah. like, whoa, wow, okay. Like if I'm doing it all, then I know even if there's people that could be doing it better, like you don't necessarily know that yeah, for sure. Like, and it's like, it's almost like, yeah, a f- not a, maybe a fear thing, but but a, a control thing. Like this is comfortable. When it goes beyond me, then I'm out of control of all of it. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I feel like that and even... Um, yeah, I've I've seen that happen a lot, and I've I've experienced that as well. It's like a new level of leadership, almost. Yeah, as as well. For me, I've never had a problem letting go. Um, there's definitely been different stages, yeah. but my desire to grow and scale my business has always outgrew, okay. yeah, out, outweighed any, any fear I had of letting yeah. go, and yeah. so I was always prepared to to let go and take those risks. Yeah. Um, as I said, there's been different stages. So, over the last 12 months, I realized I was still a bottleneck in terms of recruiting like really high-level general managers gotcha. or, or a CEO. My brother's a CEO of our outsourcing company now. Um, but 12 months ago, I couldn't have had that person in place because I still kind of unconsciously sort of mm. wanted to have a hand in these particular decisions and yeah. wanted to know if that much money was being spent in yeah. that way. You just yeah, get to a point you've got to let go and see the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, and as I said, if you're thinking about putting someone in that place, you're not the best person to be doing that job. And, yeah, and yeah. through experience, I know that to be true. Yeah, yeah. And have you have you been, because you're 30 in a f- couple of days? Couple three, of days, Three yeah. days, 30, yeah. 30. So, yeah, to be the position where you're at owning the businesses that you do and doing the work that you do, you must have started your entrepreneurial journey pretty young, I'm assuming. Like, I don't actually know much about your sure. your early, early days. Um so, yeah, I'd love for you to share, yeah, your sort of journey into entrepreneurship and then I know you, you had a point where you started because obviously you're really emotionally aware, tapped in and, and you were starting to do some coaching stuff, decided that that wasn't the path for you but you've been in, in that kind of space um, a lot lot as well. So, yeah, mm. I'd love to hear your journey from like starting entrepreneurship and then when you kind of decided and, and started to explore your, your personal growth and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, sure. Well, uh First thing is I dropped out of high school at the end of year 11, um, became a manager at Woolworths Supermarkets, uh, really was a, really decided that I, I wanted to go after money, right, from a young age. Um, I remember when I was 14, I, uh, I was actually a musician, so I played, uh, I was a lead trombone player in our school bands. Wow. Um, and my parents couldn't afford to send me to one of the band tours. It was like three grand to go around Australia with the school. And I remember when I was 14 making a decision that I would never go without um, and my children would never go without. Like, I was always going to make sure I had enough money. And uh, so, I got to the end of year 11. I didn't want to be a music teacher uh, and I felt that was a high probability if I went to uni to do music. So, I dropped out and um, pursued money, pursued a career um, was making really good money through Woolworths, you know, at a, at a really young age at 19, I sort of brought in like $90,000 or something. So I hit all these bonuses Wow! and I was getting free housing. So I went regional, um, yeah. crazy, crazy money. Most of it yeah. I spent on alcohol at that yeah. point, <laughs> buying my friend's drinks. Yeah. Um, 
but I was able to build my first house at that age. And uh, uh, as a side note, I didn't make money on it. So that, that's just important to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, I then sort of went into corporate world working for Arnott's Biscuits as a sales area manager, moved to Sydney, got promoted by them, um, international sales, constantly wanting more and more, right? Like that. this was at 23. I'm in this crazy, you know, pretty high role in Sydney, um, asking for another promotion. They didn't give it to me. So I decided to move to Caratha and uh, join my friend's real estate company. Um, so back in 2013, it was after the boom, mm-hmm. but they'd done really well in the boom and I wanted to achieve um, success. Yeah. It was, to Quite. me, it was money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be rich. That's mm. that's the truth of it, yeah. right? <laughs> it's what was driving me yeah. to make all these sacrifices and changes. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not to, f- I was I was having a great time along the way, mm-hmm. you know, I was still enjoying my life. So I moved to Caratha in 2013 um, and basically watched the very best coaches and um, real estate coaches and best agents in the country um, at what they do. And there's this thing in the real estate world that's like the term million dollar agent. And that's when you're bringing in a million dollars in commission a year. Mm-hmm. And I went to a conference a couple of months into my, my career in real estate. And that was what they were talking about. And I made a decision that if I wasn't a million dollar agent, I was a failure. Because the only reason I'd moved to Caratha was to do extremely well and make shitloads of money, right? Gotcha. So, what else am I there to do other than work? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think for people listening to this about business and all that sort of stuff, um, when you talk about niches and, and you talk about, um, you know, uh, understanding what you want, I, I was almost lucky in that I was given my niche and I was given, yeah. you know, that target at that point. But I made that clear decision that that's what I wanted to go after and everything went into that. Mm-hmm. So, um, within uh, that, you know, that, financial year i i brought in nine hundred sixty thousand in gross commission um which as Whoa. a side note once again that's not all to me the business took half of it yeah you know so there's a big chunk yeah. gone i was, think i ended up with like 150 that year and yeah. the next year like something like 300 still big money as yeah. a 23 to 25 yeah. year old um and i was able to save up uh save up enough money i think i saved up 100 grand and in t- 2015 end of 2015 uh, I'd been in Karath for two and a half years and I um, opened my own real estate office um, with that money. Wow. So, uh, I was the number one selling agent in that marketplace um, and, you know, what that looked like was working 80 hours a week, mm-hmm. having my phone on all the time. Uh, it was just an insane level of commitment and dedication to be the best um, and most successful real estate agent I could be. Yeah. I was up at 4.30. I paid a PT four times a week. I was up at 4.30 in the gym by five. You know, I'd have the cleanest breakfast ever. Uh, my lunch was pre-prepared and made, you know. So, it's just my life was systemized and and, and um, my calendar was blocked into a T. I had two assistants working for me. It was like everything in my life was revolving around being this like corporate athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I, I started my business. You know, it was just uh, a risk and backing myself in, backing my own ability and my own skill. Um, mm. And yeah, that happened in 2015. Uh, so the business has, has been um, running for almost five years now. Yeah, um, wow. that business. A couple of uh, a few months after I opened my first um, real estate agency, I decided that I was the king and um, could take on the world. And I was like, fuck it, I've opened a business now. It's it's easier than I thought it was going to be. 
Um, so I opened Workspace Co., which was the outsourcing company at that point. So two months later. Uh, yeah, two or three <laughs> months later. Wow. Crazy. Uh, and that year I went through severe financial hardships. I was trying to juggle too many things, took mm-hmm. my eye off the ball, stopped making as much money in real estate as I, mm-hmm. I should have been. Um, and that was a, a extremely humbling process in and of itself at that mm. point as well. You know, yeah. in that first 12 months, there was a period of three months where I was living off $25 a week for food. I just go batch, um, batch bulk buy and cook fried rice and like eat that all week. And I started intermittent fasting because it was cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. really like honestly, that's, yeah, that's how I started wow. intermittent fasting. So... I like telling that because uh, mm. that was only four years ago. Whoa. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It was only four years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it, it wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, it was extremely hard. But I think if you, um, you often have to make sacrifices um, and, you know, I, I, I learned through extremes. So, I've gotcha. always pushed everything to the extreme one way or another. Mm-hmm. Even when you're a kid? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, you don't have to do that. Yeah. But, and, you know, hopefully you can learn from my lessons. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it was valuable in, in that I, I had that um, that desire to, to push things to that mm. edge because I, I learned quicker and th- therefore grew quicker. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so... Yeah, that, that all actually really ties in because it was probably around that point when I was going through that financial hardship in 2016, I, I hit a bit of a low point emotionally. I started seeing a counsellor, mm-hmm. realised that I didn't really love real estate, but I was just in it for the money, mm-hmm. but I wasn't deeply happy. Yeah. And so- did, did you have a moment? Did you have a like a, shit, I'm like, this isn't delivering what I thought it was going to deliver or like, did you have a moment where you were like, or was it a gradual- realization um, I think the the realization was quite gradual but it yeah. was like an acknowledgement that I wasn't deeply happy yeah um and I I can't remember the exact moment yeah but I just knew that things needed to change you mm-hmm. know um I'd my I'd been in a relationship up until the end of 2015 and mm-hmm. had um been unfaithful to her many times mm-hmm. uh you know had lied to her I broke up with her cuz I didn't want to face that mm-hmm. it was all, all those kinds of things and then the thing that triggered it was actually um f- telling her that I cheated on her a lot and facing someone telling you that you're a monster and then actually feeling that way yeah um that was a big enough trigger for me to want to do something about it so yeah. I started looking at what to do and at the start of 2017, um, and by the way, in this, I made a clear decision that I didn't want to work as much as what I'd been working. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And so, in 2017, I was going to take more time off and start traveling a bit more. Yeah. And so, I, it was from a business perspective, I was forced to shift how I did things. So, yeah. when you talk about letting go of control, oh, yeah. once again, it was a desire that was pulling me beyond any, had to, any limits. To I be able had to do to. what you wanted to do. Correct. Yeah. So I had to let oh, go. Yeah. I had to yeah. have virtual assistants in place. I had to have other staff running mm. things because um, I cared more about my happiness and doing other things than I cared about this. Yeah. 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 So, and I think for anyone in business now, I mean, even to you, surely you care more about spending quality time with your yeah. partner, spending quality time with your soon um, to be born child. Definitely. Uh, 
and and we get to use those things as motivation to yeah. to pull us to a new level for sure like i think that for me is why i stopped working as a physio it's why i didn't go and study med it's why i because i was future pacing and looking at these people that were 15 years down the track in these different paths and i was like well i don't really want that lifestyle yeah. so yeah you're right like it's it's the reason exact reason i've sort yeah. of set things up the way i have yeah for sure so um may 2017 came around i um went and did an nlp course neuro-linguistic programming mm-hmm. for anyone who doesn't know that that was kind of like my introduction to personal development yeah uh and i uh f- from that moment decided i was going to give up alcohol and so I, I went 18 months actually without drinking yeah wow um and coming from someone who you know i, I was i am a self-confessed i was a self-confessed alcoholic yeah um you know, I was drinking several times a week, uh, easily get through a six pack a night type thing, or I'd be going out for dinner several times a week. So I'd drink a puff, you know, share a bottle of wine, a couple of cocktails mm-hmm. on the weekend. I'm binge drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uncommon for me not to throw up. Yeah. Wow. Which is bizarre. Once again, only three years ago. When you look back. Yeah. Well, you know? I can, I've been to hospital three times Fuck. from drinking too much. Okay. Like, and well, it's you, funny you, at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's at the time. Because I was functioning and like I was binge, I wasn't drinking during the week, but like straight up poster boy for binge drinking. But at the time, I didn't really recognize or acknowledge it as this problem, so mm. to speak. Whereas whenever I tell people that, it's like it's actually a pretty big deal. Like it's well, funny. it's accepted as a part of our culture. Yeah. So I, I say I'm a self-confessed alcoholic, but according to my definition, uh, I would say a large portion <laughs> yeah. of eighteen to thirty-five year olds would. Uh, also be classed alcoholics yeah. but we, we don't treat it as yeah. that um, we yeah. just go ah yeah whatever have a good time and, yeah. and that's okay I'm not a judge I don't judge anyone yeah. or anything to do with that for me it was just this habit of drinking was no longer serving me mm-hmm. and was getting in the way of me um, growing into something more and achieving and experiencing life in the way I wanted to mm. yeah. so that, that's it right yeah um, yeah and, you know, going through that process of giving up alcohol, I shed a lot of friendships. Um, it became clear some people, you know, because people would automatically reject you. Oh, you're not going to fucking drink with me? Well, you're weird. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. And and I started to channel my energy into things that were more productive and mm. I was enjoying more and, yeah. and suddenly I had more money as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. that was great. Um, I, I do drink now and I, yeah. I've... Definitely gotten drunk in the last six months a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Um, and have a good time, but it's it's from a different place now. Yeah. Um, so I'm not escaping anything now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm immersing myself in that experience and having a good time. Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that, that, look, that started my personal development journey. Um, and about six to eight months later, I, um, found Preston Smiles, Alexi Panos yeah. somehow. And that week they just happened to be in Perth and I just moved back to Perth that week. Oh, no way. And so I oh, went to the bridge experience and, yeah. um, uh, you know, my mind was blown and mm. I, I cried in front of the people there and just was like, fuck, okay, this is, this is what I've been looking for. Yeah. Um, and that triggered then six months of coaching one-on-one with Preston, going yeah. through a bunch of men's programs, yeah. becoming a coach and facilitator in his programs, mm. um, and generally 
realizing how closed I was to everything and everyone and starting to open up, meet new people like yourself and Mm -hmm. just uh, learn who I was, like find who I actually am beneath everything and yeah, that's where I am today. Yeah, Um, that's fun. It's crazy. Like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And then it's like you get a little and then it's like, whoa. Yep. Open up. And it's funny, like... In, in my experience as well like diving deep into it is maybe it's not a necessity but it's like the pendulum swings yeah before it recorrects to like that healthy balance and we we're kind of speaking about this before it's like like sometimes that dive deep cut off from other things is necessary to yeah. really go and get what you need to get and you don't necessarily need to live and stay there and then become a co- that's what I love about your story is it's like it's not like you dove into that work and then it's like now you live in that work yeah. and you're now a coach. And, you know, yeah. and for some people that might be their path, but it's like what I love is how you've gone and done that work and then you're taking it back and you're like using it in what you're doing, yeah. which is what you were originally doing, but now you're just doing it from a different place, exactly. which I think is such a cool story because sometimes these stories of change are like you, you shift path and then you end up in a different location and it's like... I love how you're still sort of doing what you're doing, but from a completely different space. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so I, I tried, you. yeah, I tried coaching. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I actually spent 10K US on a, on a um, program to help me launch my own coaching program and learn a bunch about online marketing and stuff mm. like that, which was a fantastic course. Yeah. Um, and I, Went to launch my, you know, high ticket coaching offering. Had a couple of people signed up. Yeah. Um, my son was born mm. then, and I just took a few days and was like, you know what? I don't think this is what I want. Yeah. Um, I thought it was what I want wanted, but now that he's here, uh, it's really clear to me that what I value more than doing coaching is having time. Mm. and more money and this coaching thing is going to take a hell of a lot of momentum to get off the ground and Mm. grow and you know i i think those are all the surface kind of realizations but i think now looking back on really i just wasn't meant to be doing that yeah um and i feel i feel great about it yeah you know and and so yeah I i do think it's natural that a lot of people that go into the personal development world they, they have these huge awakenings and epiphanies of, holy fuck, yeah. well, I just now I just want to help other people experience what I'm experiencing because yeah. it's so amazing. Yeah. But it, it can become this like dogmatic, um, preachy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a Facebook memory pop up yesterday and um, of this video and I was just like, you know, it was a video of me talking about how are you making an impact and, you know, this sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, was I actually impacting in that moment? I thought I was, but was I? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Like, you know, it's all a bit wishy-washy, I yeah. think, sometimes. So, yeah, yeah I I, um, I almost did give up my businesses. You know, that was a part of the detachment was these are the things that have caused me to be unhappy. Yeah. But really, it's just me inside and, and the feelings that we've got inside. So... Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy what I'm doing now. Um, I think I have become so clear that my strength in business particularly is as someone who brings people together, mm. um, someone who can build great relationships with others 
and I'm strategic. I'm not meant to be running businesses hands-on. I'm not meant to yeah. be a CEO. Yeah. Um, I'm a creator. Yeah. I can create something from nothing. Yeah. Uh, and as long as I do that now with people who are great at maintaining that, mm. I'm set. Yeah. You know, and that's what Richard Branson does. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, he adds value from the sidelines. Yeah. Um, and, and jumps in and helps the brand yeah. grow when it, when it's needed, but he doesn't, um, he's not in any of his businesses running them day to day. Yeah. At all. And he's yeah. one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Yeah. So. And it's that finding your strength, your yeah. zone of genius, and then playing exactly through that playing exactly and that's that. the whole game really isn't yeah. it it's like um there's yeah this focus on get rid of your weaknesses and it's like to an extent yeah sure go and find where you need to improve on but it's also getting honest at where's your what zone do you most naturally with your natural gifts do you sit in and often if the more time we spend there, the happier we'll be because we're going to be good at what we're doing. Usually the more money we'll make. Yeah. Like, and, and all of those things will flow. And I find for me, it's when I've been um, out of that or trying to do something that it's not, that it's been a struggle. Yeah. And, and, and it's a constant refining because it's hard because there's distraction, there's comparison, or this person's doing that. Maybe I should do that. Yeah. Or this. And then, and then like blocking out the noise mm-hmm. and like getting clear on like like you mentioned that clarity in your strengths like is that something you intentionally reflected on did you get coaching around did you like or were you just yeah how did you come to the certainty of okay i'm good at starting a business i don't want to actually run it i don't like was that something that just came just self self-realization through yeah. giving myself the time to think yeah um you know if for people listening i think there's there's a really clear way to look at it and that is what are you good at and what do you enjoy doing yeah and if you put those two things to, <laughs> yeah. together you find your purpose yeah. and you find success mm. that's it yeah that's that's actually it's really really simple mm. um you know there is a level of yeah realism that we have to bring into all of this because yeah. i might enjoy something uh but th- realistically i'm actually not that great at it yeah or it's not the thing i'm best at yeah um so and what about somebody sitting there be like i'm good at this and i enjoy it but like how could i make money from that mm. they're like if it's like a hobby or like a, a something like, yeah do you yeah like what are your what are your thoughts on if you double down on it, then, or, or do you bring that realism to that too? It's like, okay, well, if, if your thing isn't providing value to other people, you're probably not going to be able to sell it. 100%. Like, 100% that. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you're not providing value <laughs> to other people. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of coaches uh, respond to this and say, well, like, jump on Google and have a look, and there's bound to be someone doing what you want to do and making lots of money from it. And I, I do agree with that. Mm. And, are you an anomaly? Like if it's a really random weird thing yeah. and there's like one person in the world who's got like a, a million followers on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. And, or they're selling, you know, but there's no one else really doing it because um, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean weird in a bad way. No. I just, just mean different. different. Yeah. Are you an anomaly? And you may answer yes to that. So mm. That's great. If you're an anomaly, you've got to be prepared to act like an anomaly and behave like an anomaly and create yeah. change in your life like an anomaly. Um, 
you've got to be prepared to take risks as an anomaly. Mm. So go for it. Yeah. You know, the one, the caveat I always put on everything I say is like, never let anything you hear me say prevent you from going and doing something. Yeah. Like that's fucking stupid. (laughs) If you're listening to me with that much certainty and and it's going to stop you from doing something. You're probably not. Like don't, don't listen to me. Um, you know, uh, if it if it creates change in your mind and clarity, then then that's great. But yeah. like always check in with you and know what's yeah. right for you. Yeah, mm. for sure. And so you mentioned before, like with the coaching, that um, Atlas coming along helped like trigger you into some clarity around what you wanted, or like what other shifts have you? Let's talk dad life a little bit. Yeah. Like what other shifts? Like, and I'm. It's obviously I'm. A, couple of months away but already even when we felt pregnant it's like it just brings this clarity like the, of what matters mm. um and it's it's amazing how much you can get caught up in and then it's like when there's something that's just overtly that important how how clear yeah. things can get like yeah you, how has that a, transition been been for you yeah i mean you you've got a real purpose then you know your life becomes meaningful and purposeful whereas before having a child, um, you have to create meaning and purpose. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And, and Jordan Peterson talks a lot about this yeah. as well, that it doesn't necessarily equal more happiness, but it will mean uh, more meaningful, um, a more meaningful and purposeful life, which typically leads to more mm, fulfillment. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, when, when we felt pregnant, uh, that's pretty much when it started for me as well. And when I found out we were having a boy, um, you know, I, I uh, had all this wounding come up around my relationship with men mm. and how I related to other men. There, there was still a big part of me that didn't call myself a man. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, and, and I, and just on that, I think that that final part of like boy was probably let go when I experienced the grief that I, I told you about, Yeah, but it was still sort of sitting there and, until yeah. then. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, you know, cause we go through our twenties as, as men, um, trying to figure ourselves out, figure out life. And the reality is for most of us, we don't start to feel like a man until our thirties. Mm. Um, so I think that's really, really normal. Mm. Um, but it's about being in the process of, what it means to be a man and and if we can bring that to um our children and our sons uh yeah. earlier now yeah. from what we know i think yeah. that's a, a great gift but yeah yeah so i had a lot of wounding around men um and and had to put myself or chose to put myself in lots of uncomfortable situations uh by being in men's circles mm-hmm. and uh was quite confronted by uh the idea of like a fight or wrestling or anything like that. So I've kind of in, in the men's personal development space done a lot of that sort of thing as well. Um, and I, I think that all of it has culminated to, to who I am now Mm. and and that groundedness that I've got inside me. Mm. Um, the certainty of who I am. Yeah. 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 But you've got to put, you just got to choose to put yourself through it. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be hard and, and, you know, deep and dirty, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's just about facing off with what, what's present for you. Yeah. 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 Feeling it and then leaning into it rather than leaning away from it. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, I feel, and it's kind of been a, a trend along your whole journey as things have popped up for you. You've been like, what? 
and and you've like continually leaned into it and that's I would say a big contributor to that um, time when you were sort of down and out on the $25 that only being four years ago like it's a lot of change in four years and it's likely due to in a big part that either habit you've developed or whatever to lean into things as they come up Mm. Rather than I would leaning say, away from things. Uh, you know, I, I, I really don't like that term, lean, because a lean is like... True, jump just, into... Just yeah. like sli- slightly, <laughs> I'm slightly heading towards it. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching the video of this, you know, you see me just yeah. slightly leaning. Uh, like I was head first yeah. into everything. Yeah, true. And balls deep, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like... Yeah. yeah. To, and some might say oh that's not you know it wasn't as safe as I could have played it and whatever but like I said the worst thing that could have happened at any point was I had to start again from somewhere and mm. everything's a learning experience and yeah um, yeah that that being said my level of risk and my risk appetite now is far more measured yeah um, because I can be yeah and uh, I, you know um, yeah yeah has that been the position you've been in business wise or do you think becoming a dad that's makes has made that more measured a bit of both uh, yeah yeah definitely yeah. being a dad um knowing that well i think being a, a dad becoming a dad causes you to th- start to think more long term yeah um you know and it's like fuck if only if i if i started thinking about this um when i was 18 <laughs> and just put like a hundred dollars a week away in an account and like didn't touch it until I was 30, I'd have something like $70,000 in an account right now. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. So anyone, anyone that's 18 right yeah. now, just yeah. actually take that advice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the power of compounding interest. Yeah. Yeah. So from a financial standpoint, definitely thinking more long term. Yeah. Great. Now, um, and understanding the value and benefit of that. Hmm. Um, but just from a life perspective as well like yeah. really desiring to have longevity mm. in life and understand that what happens now if it's bad isn't so much of a big deal yeah. and that you'll likely get through it and yeah. uh there's there's better days ahead mm. there always is that perspective yeah until yeah. you die yeah and especially that going through like what you went through and feeling that intense grief or pain and being in that spot and because i've been in a similar spot where you're like this could last forever like i'm Mm. gonna die this is gonna kill me and then it doesn't and then you're like oh exactly i didn't die like and and it creates almost a level of peace Mm -hmm. within you a little bit yeah felt Um, like the world was crushing me yeah that's how how i described it at the time yeah um and yeah you're right going going through that level of adversity um, mm. is is a blessing. Yeah. As much as we, I don't wish for anyone to have to go through that, um, I think if we're to be real about it, it, it is a part of life. Mm. You know, la- life is uh, not meant to necessarily be easy mm. in the context of there never never be any pain. You mm. know, we're, we're supposed to experience it. Um that's the circle of life. We we live and we die. We'll see other yeah. people around us die. We'll, we'll go through heartbreak, mm-hmm. pain in relationships, um, illness in family, all, yeah. the, all those kinds of things. So, I think um, the more that we um, allow ourselves to be emotionally resilient, mm. um, you know, the, the better. Or develop that. And develop, yeah, develop it. Yep. Resilience, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
What's your favorite part about dad life? Oh man, just oh, at the moment actually, because he, he's Atlas is ten months old. Yeah, um, he's just started walking, <laughs> and uh, but we we like rough house a lot, yeah. so he will be on the ground, and I I jump down on all fours and growl at him. Yeah, and he'll if we're a couple of meters apart, he'll start to um, like sprint crawl towards me, <laughs> and he'll come straight at me, and then so we kind of like butt heads a little bit yeah. and then he'll try and either climb over me or if I've left a gap underneath my chest he crawls straight underneath me and through my legs <laughs> so this is re- it's really fun doing things yeah. like that and he he loves it um actually one of the funniest things is I uh, lay him on my bed and then get my pillow and um hit him with it yeah. not not hard <laughs> Not hard. That sounds really bad. But, yeah. but he just he he laughs. He just sits he there laughing. It. Loves it. Like yeah. I just hit him lightly with it. And yeah. He just sits there giggling. Like yeah. ah, you know, <laughs> it's just so funny. Amazing. Um, yeah. Just just the, those moments. Just the joy. Yeah. yeah. Just spending time with him and yeah, being present and just having fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And have you connected with um, many other dads? Any, many other young dads? How's that kind of... Um, have you felt isolated or... Yeah. Um, being a single dad, mm. uh, I definitely felt a bit different mm-hmm. or isolated from the start. Um, now, you know, I've sort of, A, just built a level of strength in myself that I've let go of needing mm. to not feel alone. Mm. Um, I think most parent, a lot of parents feel alone. I think that's probably pretty normal. Um, but yeah, I've got a good support network. I've um, actually got a, the first play date uh, with Atlas and another single dad with his kids um, on Feb 27th. So really looking forward to that. It's in a awesome. couple of weeks time. Um, yeah, it, you definitely do feel a bit different or left out because you know there's lots of couples that have their kids and they meet up as a couple and the dad talks to the dad and the mum talks to the mum but as soon as you're the single parent like Mm -hmm. a lot of the friends we had that um have kids were my um son's mother's friends so they're not you know they don't want to hang out with me anymore yeah yeah (laughs) To, to play it straight yeah um and uh, so I just had to had to go about trying to make an effort and find those relationships. Build something new. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. And making a conscious effort for when I have Atlas to have other people around as well. Yeah. Um, whether whether they be they're a parent or not, because yeah. having him around my friends and other people is is really good for me and for him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the hundred coffees yeah like i've just been yeah as soon as you told me about it i was like that is such an amazing idea um and it's been so cool to just watch um you sharing that and you can even feel the positive response it's getting like just looking at your like social media instagram like Mm. i have a really positive reaction to it and i can Mm. feel that everyone's just like that is a good thing yeah like yeah yeah so so Talk to me about the inspiration behind yeah. the hundred coffees, and and yeah, and what what's been your biggest sort of epiphany? Because like we were sort of chatting before we started recording, you were saying it, it's like you've had some big, yeah, realizations. Yeah, it all. 
Yeah, so um, late last year, uh, you know, around sort of October, November 2019, um, had obviously gone through a lot of uh, change in my life, was Mm. kind of single, and I'd been living in Perth for two years, but had really been traveling or in a bit of a bubble, having a baby, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I came to this place where I wanted to, you know, really ground myself back in a a business community Mm. and get to know more people. Mm. And... Um, I thought about going to a networking event and I sort of started to look up different networking groups and, you know, just the whole concept of it just felt a bit off to me. And Mm. I I now use the word gross. (laughs) (laughs) The thought of like going to a networking event where, you know, you rock up and maybe there's drinks or maybe it's a breakfast or a coffee and, uh, you know, oh, hey, how you going, Tally? Yeah. So, what do you do? Oh, great. Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, if there's any way I can help you, you know, let me know. Here's my business card. All right, cool. I'm on to the next person. Yeah. You know, and that's the, the, that's the level of interaction. Mm. It just doesn't appeal to me in any way, shape or form. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't need to be out there. I'm not trying to drum up business like mm. that. You know, that wasn't the intention behind it. I wanted to meet cool people who are doing awesome things and that's, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm just gonna challenge myself to have a hundred coffees with a hundred strangers. And uh that's how it started. So I'm thirty seven in now. Yeah. And uh you know, the intention is to try and have one a day, but with Christmas in the way and mm-hmm. um you know, obviously some sometimes I've got um meetings on or or whatever commitments mm-hmm. I can't can't um make it every day. Uh but it's, it's been a life-changing experience for me. Mm. Um, you know, being able to connect one-on-one with strangers and have a really great conversation and just learn about each other and, and be there to listen uh, has been a... F- it's just been phenomenal. It's it's actually now my one of my number one priorities in my life is my, my 100 coffees. Yeah, wow. Um, you know, and... Probably a lot of people would be thinking, how do I find these people? Mm. So, when I came up with the idea, I posted on Instagram, posted on LinkedIn, had a bunch of people reach out. Since then, I post a photo of each coffee with a bit of mm-hmm. a caption and, mm-hmm. and explaining what the experience is like. Um, and especially via LinkedIn, um, where it is a network for connecting. Yeah. You know, people are so receptive to it. And mm. one of my last posts I shared that that feeling about not wanting to go to a networking event and uh this resonated with so many people yeah you know so i i think the point behind it all is that most people are approaching business relationships and business sales so wrong Mm. um that in order to become more successful and get more sales you need to let go of being transactional and and let go of focusing on the outcome yeah um because the point of it is that that you can have that success you can get the sales that way but you're missing the point which is that we're all people and this is fun to connect with Mm. people and have fun Mm -hmm. you know i I said in my last post i want to sit down and connect and laugh and become mates yeah. I want to hopefully end that coffee and want to go for a beer yeah. or a drink um, with your whatever else if you don't drink. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that's the point of it. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, the ripple effect's been huge. You know, yeah. the, I've been able to connect many people I've had coffee with together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know of at least two projects now that have spawned from that, from people I've connected. Um, I've automatically gained more business by doing it, but there's a, I don't ever mention my businesses in a sales sense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not there to get business. I'm yeah. not there to, to tell people about my businesses. I'm not people. To, I'm not there to ask for business. I'm not there to say at the end, "Well, this has been a fantastic hour connecting with you. If there's any way I can help you, please let me know." Yeah. You know, it's not transactional <laughs> yeah. in any way. Yeah. You know, it's just about connecting. Yeah. And if we end up doing something together, great. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I now know who you are and you know who I am. And yeah. we can now, um, we've just created a more personal connection. Yeah. And that, that's, there's there's value in that for me. Oh, man. For everyone, I yeah. can imagine. It's probably why, like, that connection, it's just not even in, in the business world, but just in the world now. It's like that level of actual connection mm. is a rarity. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. everything's... Either like, how can we make this the most efficient? Like, it's probably why networking events were born. It's like, well, yeah. if, I've, if I spend one hour, I can give my card to 20 people, so that's exactly. efficient. Or if I can run a, an ad, I can yeah. reach this many people. Or if I can do this and all these things to like scale or like that connection. And you just can't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like coming back to that one-on-one, yep. human-human connection yep. being the point. It's like, it's just amazing yeah and to me i think that would be a contributing factor to because i would imagine the people that are coming to it you'd be attracting a similar vibe and like i'm sure they're not pitching and no. like it's like it's just no. humans connecting yep and and that being the because beyond business i feel like that's what we're craving exactly just as much like yeah so that's the win yeah like, like, and if you're gonna if you're gonna spend you know almost half your life doing something called business and work you, you may as well make it fun yeah. and interesting <laughs> and like make you know meet really awesome people yeah um yeah i mean look if i was starting a business tomorrow i would be doing 100 coffees yeah uh and even if i'm not starting a business tomorrow i, I would advise everyone to do 100 coffees <laughs> even if you just start with 20 yeah. you know 20 coffees with 20 strangers yeah and the whole point is not to judge who the person is yeah not to try and you know this Don't isn't pick your top 20 prospects exactly for your business. exactly that's not what it's about <laughs> yeah. um and that has that's where the best interactions have come from yeah is just having coffee with whoever it is that that you know i wants to and who reaches out to me mm. yeah i love it you've inspired me i'm gonna, I'm gonna pick my number because uh, yeah. i'm not gonna commit to 100 with yeah. with bub coming in yeah. in two months but especially like especially if you've moved somewhere new like it would be like a really because we've been here in the southwest for i think like nearly three years and i didn't do anything intentional like that because a lot of my work is online so i can you know, not have those in-person connections. But yeah. I'm just thinking back to if I'd done something like that as soon as I moved down here, the trajectory of just life, let alone business, but like life would have been fundamentally different. Yeah. I think. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, what's the future, the short-term future look like for you? Like I love, I believe in the power of having a vision and speaking our visions. Um, so, yeah, like I'd love to hear what we spoke about, sort of what you're excited about right now. 
But what's what's your kind of focus moving mm. forward over the next one, two, three years, business wise, life wise, whatever, yeah. wherever you want to take take it? Yeah. Um you know, as much as business is separate, I really kind of see it all as, as yeah. one a little bit. Yeah. Um look for me, I'm just focused on making as much money as I can, having as much fun as I can. Nice. And uh yeah, sorry, let me rephrase that. I'm focused on making a lot of money whilst having a lot of fun. Um, and just like that's that's fundamentally what the next few years are about for me. Yeah. Like business is fun for me. Doing business is fun for me. Doing life is fun for me. Um, you know, I keep wanting to check in and make sure that I'm, I'm having fun and, and that I'm enjoying my life and I'm achieving mm. um, things that I, I want to do. Mm. Yeah. That's it simple really fucking simple yeah 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 honestly awesome underneath all of that is a big plan yeah like yeah. you know i don't want people to just think i'm just coasting Cruising. by yeah. um because no i have a, a big plan of like what my week looks like yeah. the fact that i want to go to the gym you know yeah. committed to going to the gym four times a week um the yoga how? once a week yeah that, you know, these are the, you know, I want to learn how to kite surf this year. Mm. I want to get another 20 skydives ticked off this year because I'm a solo skydiver. Oh, sweet. Um, you know, you know there, there's a plan behind this. Yeah. And I check in uh, at the start of every month and then at the start of every week to make sure I'm on track with cool. that plan. Um, but all of that plan uh, is wrapped up to the higher meaning, which is to have fun. Yeah ultimately and yeah. and be financially successful yeah um as well yeah yeah and and obviously and that's like having lots of time spending with atlas and yeah. so I, I being a single dad i have him um probably on average anywhere i would say it sits around the 60 to 80 hour mark a fortnight yep so um quite quite nice. a lot of time nice yeah and uh yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah, that'd sure. bring that fun piece in for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hanging out with a little kid all the time. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Awesome, man. Well, thanks um thanks for your time. And yeah, I just want to acknowledge your like authenticity. It's like it's something I've loved about you from from when we first met. Um and your your ability to yeah, I guess be in, in both worlds kind of thing. Like you've done a lot of deep work on yourself and that self-exploration but and and you're also like very much in the quote-unquote the real world or, or the other world like you haven't like your ability to to go between the two is something that i really um acknowledge and appreciate so, thanks bro uh, yeah thanks for having awesome, me on man. no worries man cheers bro cheers and that is a wrap thank you so much for listening i hope you got a lot out of that conversation and if you haven't already make sure you subscribe um, to the podcast on whatever app you're listening to us on just so you get the notifications of when new episodes get launched each week um, and you can be the first to listen to the fresh stuff coming out and also if you have 30 seconds right now i would very much appreciate it if you head to the apple the itunes um podcast app and leave us a review so those go a really long way to bumping the podcast up and getting into the ears of more people and sharing these messages with more people that need to hear them 
So I'll leave you with that, guys. If you're a man listening to this and you're not yet in the Conscious Locker Room Facebook group, then I highly encourage you to head to the show notes. The link to the group is in there. There's over 300 men in there, and we're just continuing the conversation, um, sharing different resources, having different conversations around these kinds of topics. So definitely head along and jump in there if you haven't already. And until next time, be well.